Welcome to Monster Mash! For as long as 5th edition Dungeons and Dragons has been around, many a monster has come into contact with adventurers. Adventurers have emerged victorious more often than not, but that isn't always the case. We're here to find out what monsters is the deadliest. The three of us have each picked monsters from all available content, plus some special extras from time to time that we will place head-to-head-to-head to head to head each episode to find out who stands on top of the pile. These three monsters will be judged on tactics, terrain, fear factor, and their creature feature, the thing that makes it a unique and threatening encounter. But ultimately, the only thing that will matter is who comes out on top in our specially designed arena. I am Bewitched Gamer. I have brought the stone golem. And I'm Dyson Autism, and I brought the magnificent purple worm, baby! If you can't tell by the monsters, this week's theme is Earth Monsters. Monsters devoted more specifically to Earth, whether that be burrowing underneath it or distinctly from the elemental plane of Earth. So, Dice, why don't you start us out with that worm? Okay, so let's talk about one of the other iconic D&D monsters, the Purple Worm. This thing is a gargantuan monstrosity. So this thing is huge, just an absolute beast. This thing has an armor class of 18. It has 247 hit points. It has a speed of 50. And also, it has a burrowing speed, that right, it can tunnel through the ground of 30 feet, so woo. Its stats are a plus 9 to strength, a minus 2 to dex, a plus 6 to con, a minus 5 to intelligence, a minus 1 to wisdom, and a minus 3 to charisma. So, uh, yeah, I, I think this is a, a pretty cool kind of monster and everything. Like, you got, like, a giant... It's kind of, basically the giant worm monster from like dune or like that one scene from beetlejuice just comes out like yeah i mean yeah i <laughs> faced one before it was it was tough <laughs> i remember my dad just having a miniature of it that he never used Ooh. but he could have <laughs> yeah it was, it was ready it was scary oh yeah Compared to like so, my little half-leg creature holding a gem in her hand. <laughs> so, tell me about the tactics. How does this thing fight? Okay, so this thing is generally a burrow. It is going to like burrow underground, and when it senses something that's upstairs and everything, it's going to be like, I'm going to snatch you, and I'm going to drag you down, and I'm going to swallow you up, and you cannot move and everything. That would do it. Um, let's see. So it can cre- it creates like tunnels underneath everything. Yeah. And then pops up and grabs you and pulls you into them. Pretty much. Shy with uh, poison blood. Yeah. So this- I don't know. I I gotta give it a four Ooh. just because like. It's really, it's really solid, mm-hmm. but it's really basic. 
And if you <laughs> can get yourself on like a big rock or something, it might be a bit more difficult for it to use its main way of fighting. Yeah. Hmm. So it's too easy of a thing to get around it to give it a five, but it is still really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- you know, thinking about it, it says tunneler ten foot diameter to that leaves a, a ten foot tunnel diameter tunnel in its wake, uh, but it can burrow through solid rock. So there's that for you in terms of like, pers- so even if you stood on a rock, it's still gonna eat the rock, the yeah. worm. So, uh, I'm gonna give it a f- four. Still four because okay. you know uh, it's very in your face about it. It's very obvious in how you can try to maybe. I mean, it's not very intelligent. So yeah. no, it is not. It's not gonna be thinking tactically. No, it's gonna be like um, I eat. And I uh, and I poop. That's it. <laughs> so it's not thinking. It's, it's a not word. Tactically, but it, it 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 does have really good instinctual like movement. Yeah. So I, I give it a four. Uh, so where where would we find these? Well, you would find these guys in the desert and in the underdark. Okay, so two places I never want to be. No, especially Underdark. I would not want to go anywhere in there. And I know there are several campaign modules set in the Underdark, and the thought of occurring with this thing got it has me scared. It's just like, oh no. Just chilling out in uh, that one drow town that I can't remember the name of. Uh, and uh, it, they have like storm sirens, but it's just the purple worm siren. (laughs) (laughs) Menzo Baronzon, that's the name of the place I was thinking. I would have known. (laughs) Purple worm storm sirens and Menzo Baronzon. It's a really funny idea for me. (laughs) I I, I need to do this now. I, I absolutely need to do this. Write that down. Write that down. <laughs> yeah. In terms of, in terms of, they're places I never want to be. But they're typic. That being said, it's typically where a DM's going to send me. Uh, is where I don't want to go. Um, great places thematically, because mm-hmm. you could just run a Dune campaign and use purple worms. Yep. Or have them be a terrifying factor that could happen at any moment like that could enter in like a fully underdark campaign you could have a character who's like terrified of purple worms oh yeah like in the same way that like people are afraid of aneurysms because it's like there's nothing you can do to stop it it can just happen anytime (laughs) there you know playing a rogue especially an assassin rogue or like a ninja in D and D, something I did many a time during growing up for three point five. Mm-hmm. I remember shock me at all. flipping through the pages for the uh, complete scoundrel book for three point five, by you. And I remember seeing the list of poisons. And purple worm venom was one of the 
most expensive ones to get. And I was yeah. like, that was that's my goal. I want that. I want to get that poison so that way I can kill people very quickly. For D and D, of course, but oh um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, you know, to this day, when I play a rogue, I would I look at the poisons that are available, and I still see the purple worm is available. Hmm. Well, of course, but uh, we're talking about terrain. <laughs> Sorry, I just you know, if the the purple worm is living in that area, so now. Logically, uh, this is, you know, meta knowledge, but of where I can find it. But at the uh, same time, here is that now we know where to go look. Because originally, I didn't know the Underdark even existed. Out of my career of D&D, I never once had a campaign in the Underdark. I haven't had a full campaign there, but I have gone there a couple times in different things. Uh, one time we went into the Underdark that was underneath uh, Schulp for some reason. That was weird. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, Terrain-wise, I gotta give it a five. I, it's just so wonderfully thematic for a instinctual worm to just kind of be there. And it adds that level of like, yep, at any moment this could just happen. And there's not a whole lot we can do to stop it. In my head is, if somebody, like, you know, you guys are walking along, and then there's some bad guys that, like, are stopping you in your tracks. And they're like, yeah, give us all your money, blah, 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 whatever. And then instead of, like, <laughs> just, like, runs on by. Nice. Um, and then your encounter's over, and you're like, well. Huh. Oh, my. <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. It's it's the like I love video games that run the like boss fight where they like play it up like this is gonna be such a challenging thing and then the boss either defeats itself or is beaten by the actual boss you're gonna have to fight. Um there's a moment in the second ever Spyro game, I believe. It could be the third. Mm-hmm. Crypto's Revenge. I don't remember which one that is. But like you go through this town and the whole time they're talking up the yeti that you're going to have to face. He's the, the big bad boss monster. It's this yeti. And you walk into the thing and the yeti's in there and you're like, stomp, stomp, jump, 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 jump. And while he does that, the jumping and bouncing like dislodges a pillar from the ceiling and it crushes him and that's the boss fight. <laughs> yep. It was the funniest thing to me, just that amount of relief. Because, like, they're talking it up, like, this is going to be, like, the hardest fight in the game, and it just does it for you, and that's hilarious. So, like, having, like, the most notorious bandits right there, and then just, like, you're sta- they stop you in a tunnel at knife point, and you're like, oh, no, like, we're level three. These guys are clearly way over us. And then just, like, uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> Purple worms through the tunnel takes about, like, we should so, go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. It's it's great thematics. I gotta give Terrain a five. Like it's such a great place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I I give it a five in terms of that, just because, you know, you have just lots of shenanigans that can happen. 
Like it, it's it's a great place to use this exact creature. It it can be used so well. Yay. So tell me about its fear factor. Scare me, dice. Scare me. Okay, look. You are chilling out, okay? You are just having a good, good time. Just hanging out and everything. Then the earth starts to shake a little bit. You're wondering, like, what's going on here? Is this a dragon coming up? Is it a big old monster? But you don't see anything. All you hear is just the rumbling of earth. So you're like, all right, cool. Maybe I just need to move around. And so, th- as you're taking a step, <laughs> this giant purple worm thing that looks like it came out of Satan's butthole is just like, yeah, yo, I'm going to multi-attack you. I'm going to tail sting you. That's going to do, like, some poison damage. And also, I'm going to nom on you, and you're going to go in my belly. So, uh, and you also take, like, a whole bunch of damage from acid because you're in my stomach. So, uh, woo, woo, woo. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's pretty good. Um, gotta give that a, I'll, I'll give that a five. That's the surprise of it, where it's like, something's happening. Something's happening. It's happened. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for for our uh, fairy smut girlies out there listening, if you want a good idea of a description of this thing, think the Middengard Serpent, or wor- Middengard Worm from uh, Akatar. Yeah. So there you go. It's a pretty good description <laughs> of a purple worm. Yeah, it's got spines, it's got teeth all the way on the inside of its mouth and slightly on the outside. So it goes just... It has yes amount of teeth. It it bleeds acid. Like it's not a great thing to be around, and it very much because of that instinctual thing. It it does have that fear factor of something's happening. What is it? Oh no! It's here now. Like, (laughs) what do we do? Yeah, it's too late, kind of thing. When you feel the tremors, it's too late. Like, you're not walking into traps because it's not setting traps. It's not thinking about that. It's just chilling and thinks you might taste good. So, yeah. You're a cute little snack. Snickety snack. Which in some ways people would love. I'm married, though. (laughs) 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 So, yeah, in terms of its fear factor, it's pretty up there. You know, it's it's scurry. But well sought after in terms of poison. <laughs> oh, yes. So, which means the that they're kind of hard to find. Purple worm is a protected... It's a protected species <laughs> in certain worlds. Oh, my God. It's been poached for poison too much. Ah, uh, yes. But I, I'd give it a five as well, just because that's not something you want to mess with. Going back to my dad had the miniature in his set of miniatures but never I never have I once saw him use it there's a reason why (laughs) I was seven and I cried when my first character died imagine if I yeah imagine if they got eaten (laughs) sure I didn't know that at the time you're dead you're dead kid caught him away (laughs) 
So, so tell me about the creature feature. Well, besides swallowing and everything, it's also got Tumblr, which makes a 10-foot diameter whenever time it borrows and everything. I would also say its bite is pretty cool and everything. That's its main thing to do. One with attack, it's its multi-attack, it makes two attacks, one with its bite and one with a stinger. And uh, look, you're gonna be taking about like 12d6 of poison damage. That is a lot, and not a lot of people are gonna be resistant to poison damage. So uh, try to get that on ya. <laughs> so you wouldn't say that its creature feature is the fact that uh... Wait, does it still bleed acid? Uh, okay. Not in this one. You you guys have been talking about... Yeah, if the worm like... takes 30 damage or more on a single turn from a creature inside it, the worm must succeed on a constitution save. Oh, to regurgitate. That's a different thing. It throws things up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I could have sworn there was a, like, if you cut it, it bleeds acid at you. I, it doesn't. It, I, I I don't see any of it. It's like I'm, I know it's like an item in like five E and everything, but they don't have it. So it's yeah, like, like I've seen it done many a time. Huh? I guess this is a homebrew thing, yo. Weird. Yeah, very weird. All right, I I was wrong. So <laughs> yeah, I would say the sheer amount of acid damage that, like, I can't think of anything that gives you immunity to acid. Yeah. Or even, no. like, even, like, the ability to be strong against it. Like, it's it's acid. <laughs> no, unless you're playing... No, even Totem Warrior for Barbarian. My only... That doesn't... My only thought is like Green Dragonborn, maybe the were. I don't. I still don't think so because I think that's poison. Okay. Like I believe green. Yeah, green dragons are poison, not acid. Okay. So there's that, but like ultimately, like acid is just a pain in the butt to deal with, and it does a lot of acid damage. Mm-hmm. So I I gotta give it to you. That's a that's a four, right. at least. Yeah. So the rundown is that what I'm seeing here is saying that the 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 dicks, the saving throws are what's gonna trip you up the most. Where they're really hard to make. Yeah. The four dice three. will not forgive you. You got a DC of nineteen to be swallowed, and then you got a. And the war must succeed a DC of 21 constitution to regurgitate you. So, yeah. So they're all uh, pretty high. Yeah, especially that 21. Yeah. So. Overall, it, it, I mean, the biggest thing I would know, take note of is that, like, it's tail stinger. Well, yes, the bite and everything, you know, it, it's a bite attack. We've seen those before. The tail stinger, not entirely so much. And again, as you mentioned, a lot of things aren't immune to poison. Mm -hmm. So it's also saying 12d6 poison damage on a failed save. Or just half as much on a successful one. So that's around, on average, 42 points of damage. 
12 times 6. What is that? Off the top of our heads here. <laughs> I don't know. Calculator. <laughs> uh, 12 times I'm, 6. PG, I am That's pretty. 72. I don't do math. <laughs> and the tail stinger, see, it has an average of 42 hit uh, like damage for poison. But if you're, if you're rolling on max damage, that's 72. That's another 30 points of poison. Yikes. If you fail. So, you know, uh, you don't really want to get hit with the poison damage, let alone the fact that it also says 3d6 plus 9 for its piercing damage. So 3 times 6, that's 12 plus 9. That is... 21 points for their their stinger yeah itself. really what I'm seeing here is like if you're a DM running a purple worm in an encounter you, you tell them like oh, the ground below you tremors and everything also everyone because I know you all have brought at least four sets of dice just hand me your d6s I'm gonna this. <laughs> <laughs> like Yikes, man. Yikes. So, I give it... Go ahead. I'd also say we have seen... Yes, we have seen a bite. But have we seen a bite that swallows you? That is a first. I think so. Now we've seen bites that, like, render you prone. Um, let's see. The dragons... Like, dragons don't swallow you. None of the fire monsters have swallowed you. First encounter monsters... Definitely don't swallow you. Yeah. I don't think any of the monster water monsters swallowed you. Yeah, it's yeah. Huh. It is purely like if you like this is the first time we've had something swallow you. That mm. doesn't happen. That's now, very I was going to run with this monster originally, but I decided to post my ideas first. And this <laughs> was over here, like I'll take it. <laughs> it's like look, man, I need to win. Yeah. I, I will win so, this. Uh, I think you will this time. I believe it. <laughs> I'd give it, you know, just because I, growing up knowing this monster existed in the books of the monster manuals, it's, it's definitely a five in terms of it's just out there-ness mm-hmm. to me. For sure. So, uh, math gods, what's that? Uh, what's that leave the initiative with on the purple worm? Well, Drag, you also said it was a a, a five for that, oh, yeah. right? Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. I gave it a four or five. Yeah. Four mm-hmm. or five, I believe. Four, five, four, five. Now let's see. Okay, we're getting a twenty for them. Sounds about right. <laughs> Yay. That figures. Well, Jack? So, I brought the Zorn, as I said. This is a very weird-looking medium elemental. He's neutral. He comes from uh, the elemental plane of Earth. He's got an armor class of 19, 73 hit points, a Walking speed of 20 feet and a burrow speed of 20 feet, and that will come up later, which is pretty interesting. Uh, he's got a bunch of resistances to piercing and slashing from non-magical attacks that aren't adamantine. 
so we're adding in specific metals now. Plus dark vision for 60 feet, tremor sense for 60 feet, passive perception of 16, and it speaks an elemental language of Terran, which is pretty fun. A strength of 17, giving it a plus 3, a dex of 10, giving it a plus 0, a con of 22, giving it a plus 6, an int of 11, giving it a plus 0, a wisdom of 10, giving it a plus 0, and a charisma of 11, giving it a plus 0. I would imagine that while it may be very nice, it is also really weird looking, so pretty low charisma. Mm, I see. And now, tactically, it's probably going to avoid you, uh, at least to start with. It's, it's not super into going for you, uh, but it can be reasoned with, so you can give it, like, gems, because it eats gems, mm-hmm. uh, to try to, like, get it on your side, which I would want this thing on my side. Uh, it's a big stone monster thing. I'd want it on my side. <laughs> and okay. so, but if it, if it does need to fight, it has earth glide, so it can just magically move through the earth without disturbing it. So unlike the purple worm, like if you were to try to hunt the purple worm, you can find its tunnels. The Zorn does not leave behind tunnels. It just doesn't disturb the material it moves through. So any non-magical, unworked earth or stone, it can just right through. Very cool. And so it's going to sink down under the earth where you can't find it, because it also has stone camouflage, giving it an advantage on stealth checks hiding in rocky terrain. So it's going to make it so you can't see it, and then it's just going to whack-a-mole pop up underneath you, just arm and bite and claw at you. Probably trying to get you to go away more than actually kill you. Yeah. Or feed it. You know, either one. Okay. Anything else does it have, Jack? Uh, just claw and bite. But that's that's how it interacts tactically. Okay. Hmm. It, overall, it sounds very fun in its tactics. Like, I, I could see many ways to use this creature. Just because... Most, most adventurers, they, like, they go into... Caves, tunnels, mine shafts. You know that that's pretty like the common theme yeah, out of D&D. It's called Dungeons and Dragons for a reason. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's usually like a, a fetch quest of some sort, right? Yeah, you gotta go into the tomb to get the golden white claws, so that uh, there are no laws, and then there you go. You know, yeah, as you do. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of whack-a-mole. I do. <laughs> I bite. I bite. This, this thing is incredibly agile, and just the way it goes through, that is a factor on itself. I think it's a pretty cool tactic. I'd agree. I think it's very important to take note of that, and the fact that it's able to be like, you can't see me. You can't see this. you know just um i give it a five in terms of its tactics because they're still fairly 
good at them. They're not like smart in terms of like they're gonna, but they're not. They're not at the intelligence of a purple worm. They're smart enough to think tactically. They have language. They have that kind of idea. They're yeah. They're not brilliant strategists, but like. It does have, like, oh, I have this ability. <laughs> yeah. And so it can think about that and think how to use that. And at the very least, it can run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's smart enough to know these things. So I give it, I said I'd give it a five, but Dice didn't really give us a rating yet. So what do you say? I'm going to give it a five as well. This, this Anything that involves, like, trying to, like, stealth around and not be seen... And yet it's got like ways to like protect itself from being seen. That is pretty cool, I have to say. Okay. Well then, what do you got for us next, Jack? So terrain wise, they typically live in caves and very stone and earth centric places. It's he comes from the plane of earth. It eats rocks and gemstones. The the more precious the gemstone, the better. So it's going to stick where you would be mining things. Yeah. So, I mean, this could easily be used as a dug too greedily, dug too deep sort of monster. Just lower level than a Balrog. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Something you don't necessarily want to run into, but... Like, it, it's not a terrible thing to be, but it's it comes from the elemental plane of Earth and will show up anywhere that's even remotely similar. Hmm. I see. Uh, I'm reading its other things along with it. And, you know, so far, it's a pretty solid creature. Is it? I see here where it says beggars and thieves under from D and D Beyond, and it says it literally says that Zorn isn't necessarily evil, but like for it to get its meal kind of thing, you know, the meal being all the the items that you carry in terms of uh, precious metals and whatnot, is they that get hungry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like hey. Uh, he got some gemstones there. <laughs> and it can it can smell those things 50, 60 feet away. Yeah, from its uh, ability it code. Treasure oh. sense. It can pinpoint by scent the locations of precious metals and stones such as coins and gems within sixty feet of it. So you like you walk into its area and it's like I smell your coins. Yeah. Give. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Hungry. It's it's not evil. It's not. It's probably not going to attack you. It might try to talk you into giving it to him. But like, if it's hungry enough, it might just go for it. Maybe. Imagine Maybe. going into an ancient like Moria sort of situation, where like they dug too greedily, dug too deep, and they've like all of the things that this thing eats are gone now. It's they've been taken out. So now it's like. It's hungry, but it lives here. Oh, yeah, definitely. Hmm. So, it's how scurry it is, right? Uh, this was uh, terrain, where it lives. Hmm. Overall, 
that's the terrain that you would encounter them in, you can find everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's important to note, uh, adventurers going in to, I don't know, dungeons, um, caves, crevices, crags. It's, uh, favorite, it's favorite home is uh, also the habitat of young and stupid adventurers. So you're going to run into it. Like you, the chances are very high oh, yeah. that you might run into a Zorn. So I'd give that a five in terms of being able to find its uh, terrain and habitat. Nice. Look, the fact that you can find these things in dungeons, which is like 90% of D&D games, <laughs> it's in the title. So, okay. you're like like Jack said, they're going to have like a high like chance of meeting them and everything. And just the fact that they're stealthy, it's just like, mm, oh yeah, five, terrain, oh yeah. Hmm. I just imagine the broke adventurers walking through a dungeon, so like they don't have anything for the Zorn to smell and like pinpoint them. Oh yeah, the Zorn's just like going about its day, and they're walking. This thing just like folds out of the wall. And is like, oh, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. What? Hi. Um. I mean, it might look at your bedroom. sword. <laughs> this is my bedroom. Why are you here? If they, if okay, if the adventurers speak Terran, it can also it, speak Common. Hmm. Not on its data sheet or on its uh, stat block, but typically they speak Common as well. Oh, okay, I didn't see that in the languages, so normally I go what's on paper. According to the Forgotten Realms wiki, they could speak Common and Terran. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Well. Which I use that wiki specifically for a lot of what we do here, just because it's a it's a font of information. It's really great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then. Yeah. Overall. So, Spookus, Jack. You have just raided the vaults of a great dwarven ruin. You're walking out with more gemstones than you can carry. The whole time going through, you heard something. For a moment there, you thought it was the bard's stomach growling because you have the tiefling bard who eats the most at all times. But it it wasn't. At least he said it wasn't. And you, you tend to believe him. He He's good at lying, but he doesn't typically lie. And then as you leave... The door is finally open of this great grand vault and sliding out of the wall of the hallway is this three-legged, three-armed creature with a mouth in the center of its arms and one eye in its chest. Is that its chest? (laughs) Its skin looks like it might be made out of stone. It's rocky and cobbly. And it says, Freed. Well done. Very well. Um, 
I'd be a little worried. I'd say. I would be very concerned because. Yeah. Who knows? Like you probably had to like fight. Like this could be like a dragon's horde or anything, and you just be like out of like stuff, and then you just have like a Zorn coming in over there. It's like ooh. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> yeah. Um, overall, I think the way it's shaped in terms of like the monster is very important to take note of. Mm-hmm. Because it's weird. <laughs> it's, super it's, weird. it's a tripod. You know? It's tripedal. So How many things do you know that are tripedal? <laughs> it's a little weird. It, it's a weird looking thing. I love them for it though. You think it could be a handstand, uh, like that it just go oh by doing like push ups. <laughs> <laughs> Does a cartwheel and just eats you? Yeah. <laughs> I also imagine, like, if you if you find a friendly Zorn, the voice I've used in the past for it is like, "Hey guys, how are you? You got any gemstones? I really like emeralds. I'm hungry. They put all the valuables in that vault. I can't get to it. Can't go through a metal wall." I'm hungry. Oh my god. Actually, they, they probably could slowly eat at that metal. Oh, it probably could, but, I mean, going just from a s- situation of, like, oh, that's why it's hungry. And so it's like, I'm really hungry, so feed me! <laughs> just this weird thing. Um, I can only imagine if it gets mad and it's like, hungry! The, the voice I use is entirely dependent on how much I want my players to adopt it. <laughs> Oh, God, can you imagine the party adopting those? Oh, absolutely. Oh, God. My My first first campaign I ever DM'd, my party adopted a Nothic and named it Shia. Oh, my God. So it was actual cannibal Shia the Nothic. (laughs) And, like, they, they set him up, they just kept him fed, but kept him, like, hanging out just outside in the range of, uh, the telepathy that Nothics have, and they used that as their, like, stone of far speech. So the Nothic just, like, hung out just outside of town, or, like, just outside of range of people. So they would just, like, think at the Nothic, and the Nothic would relay that thought to the next person. Okay. It was a really weird combination of things to get silent communication done. But boy, oh boy, was it cool! And sometimes it would just eat bandits for them. Oh my god! Hey, like they'd be the the great one. They were arguing with a little group of bandits, and then and the Nothic just like broke in the windows, like this one's mine, and left. <laughs> That's beautiful. I love Shia. Shia was a cool guy. It's uh... great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, many a times, my players have adopted things, such as a snake, a giant constrictor snake and uh, currently they have adopted a goblin named Droop naturally and it, it yeah, exactly like, goes Droop help yeah, I think I think Azorn is a prime like middle ground between scary monster to have to fight slash if you give it the right voice they might just try to make it their friend yeah, yeah. so like 
I think they're I think they're such good monsters for that. Oh yeah. They're terrifying, but at the same time there's gonna be some weirdo in the party that's like, I'm so afraid. Do you wanna be my friend now? <laughs> yep. You wanna hang out? We can play video games. But it's a video game. I don't know. <laughs> play Bejeweled. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah, uh, the only promise is that you would lose every time. Actually, you <laughs> might win. Wait, hold up. It just eats it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, anyways, uh, but we're, we're talking about how cute it is all of a sudden. Hello? Uh, Sorry. It's... Can't help The voice that. popped into my head, and I was like, this is what I would do. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, how it, scary it is, would this be? It is scary, inherently, if you make it so. I see. Well, um, let's 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 give it a five. In terms of when you first freaking see it, it's like, oh shit! Uh, that's a that's a creepy creature. Very. So throwing it on over the dice. What would you say? I give it a four. A four? Okay. It's. It's very creepy, but I think the fact that it can also just, like, communicate with you and, like, it will show you no interest if you don't have, like, any gold is or, like, jewels or anything is, like, a potential kind of, like, safe way to be like, I'm out! Distraction! Yeah! <laughs> Pocket gold! gold. <laughs> Pocket gold! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, wh what else do you got for us, Jack? So Creature feature. I gotta give it to that Earth Glide. Oh, yeah. Like, the ability to just move into the wall is pretty intense, especially because it doesn't leave a way for you to follow it. Most burrowing creatures do, but this thing just phases into stone walls and, f and such. What if... And, and just hear me out. Yo, who, a Roadrunner, like, paints... A wall, like on a wall. <laughs> Does the Wily e. Coyote paint the? Yeah, the door? exactly. And <laughs> it just paints a hallway and walks down it. Yeah, exactly. Like, what if Roadrunner's just secretly a Zorn? <laughs> it could be. Cause it, you know, if I so, I've wanted to run this huge like Mind Flayer centric campaign, in which you would go to Limbo. And um, I have rules that I've written for Limbo that don't exist in the thing, and I think that would fit really well for a like Limbo-based Zorn. It just paints things on the walls. <laughs> There's a door here now. Just imagine that would work really well. Like chasing the Zorn, and then they go up ah! <laughs> right in there. <laughs> just... it'd, it'd be great. The limbo-based Zorn does things very, uh, very yeah. Looney Tunesy. Yeah. So, all right. In terms of its tactic, we haven't seen anything like that before. Not tactic, but like its creature feature. We haven't exactly seen anything like that of being able to just phase through a wall. I mean, probably ghosts, but we, we're not talking about yeah. ghosts here. No, no we haven't had one of those yet. So. This is the first uh, ability to move through something that no one else really can. Right. I think that's 
very important to note, and I, I'd, I'd give that a five, considering that this is the first time we're encountering it. Oh, yeah. It's definite, definite five over here. Okay. I think we're all going to be pretty on par in terms of our ratings. Cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> Zorns are cool! So They may not be the deadliest, but they certainly are oh, yeah. really cool. Uh, you can have an overwhelming number of Zorns. Perhaps. Yeah, three. Yeah. So, uh, the mascots, they're giving me the number of a 20 as well for you, Jack. Oh, yeah. So, now comes my creature. Okay. That being a classic, I think. Crafted by very hands of other humanoids, dwarves, humans, uh, tieflings, and many more. Being the stone golem. It is a large construct that is unaligned. So, what it's got for you guys is an armor class of 17 from natural armor, because stone. And then it's got hit points of 178, so that is going to be 17d10 plus 85. It's got a speed of 30, so same as a human. And then we've got a strength of 22, so modifier plus 6, a dex of 9, which is a modifier of negative 1, a constitution of 20, which is a modifier of plus 5, an intelligence of 3, which is a modifier of negative 4, a wisdom of 11, which is a modifier of 0, a charisma of 1, which is a modifier of negative 5. It does have quite a few things to go for it, though. Number one being its damage immunities. So, poison, psychic, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks that aren't adamantine. Also, going back to the fact of talking about specific metals here, being adamantine is one of the hardest materials to get in terms of, like, a masterwork or plus whatever sword or weapon that you're going to get. It also has conditioned immunities. So it cannot be charmed. It cannot gain exhaustion. It cannot be frightened. It cannot be paralyzed. It cannot be petrified. And it cannot be poisoned. Its senses have dark vision of 120 feet, a passive perception of 10. And then it understands any language the creator, uh, the languages of its creator, but can't speak it. So it's challenge rating is a 10 which is a, then an xp of 5900 and has a proficiency bonus of plus four hmm. so all right yeah uh, it's a pretty common creature in terms of we've heard of these creatures before for sure i have yet to fight one Oh, I fought a few. Oh, fought one in a dwarven ruin. Well, fought three in a dwarven ruin. <laughs> sure, that was a hard fight then. Oh, it was definitely interesting. Um, uh, we blew them up because <laughs> we had explosives. Hmm. And their mouths were open, so we just into its mouth and blew it up. Oh, well. 
Okay, then. It was the only way out of it. it there was no way we were going to win. Yeah. Otherwise. <laughs> so, in terms of its tactics, it has a multi-attack as well. It makes two slam attacks. So, its slam attack is a melee weapon attack of plus 10 to hit, a 5 foot reach, mm-hmm. and hits one target. So, its hit for the damage is going to be 3d8 plus 6 bludgeoning damage. On average, 19. So, um, right. typically golems are built to protect things, such as a dwarven vault. So, the... Zorn might come across this and be like, oh, you're just a statue. Deuces. <laughs> just ignore it. There's no reason to... Or, if the Zorn decides to touch the things in the vault, it might just feel the wrath of the stone golem. If they can catch him. <laughs> That's awesome. This is the only thing with a, without a burrow. Well, like, it could literally phase through the golem. That's the only thing. Yeah, just wee. <laughs> you can't touch this. I don't think it could because it's worked stone. Yeah. So I don't think it could go through the golem, but it could definitely just go underneath it. Yeah. It was just one of those things is that, like, I'm going to hit you very hard. Um, and then when I do hit you, there's something else that goes in turn with it. But we'll get to that later. It's They do seem... Tactically, oh, yeah. punchy. I mean, they are considered magic weapons, so that's pretty handy. So, it is. It does have the abilities called immutable form. The golem is immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form, and then it has magic resistance. The golem has advantage on saving throws against spells or other magical effects. But it also has magic weapons. The golem's weapon attacks are magical. So, you know, with all of that, I give it a three. Because it's not... It's very... It is here, it is punching you. Punching effective. But ultimately, tactically, it is a thing that is there that is punching you. And not going very much outside of that tactic. Okay. What'd you give it, Dice? No, I'm gonna give it a four because you know, it, even though it's like punchy and everything, it's got stuff to like back it up to like really be kind of like an unstoppable machine. So uh, any stats that you're gonna like try to use is just gonna be ineffective and everything. Okay. And then in terms of its terrain, it could really be found anywhere you go to the village and when you enter the like at the stance of it there are golems there you go to a, a cave and you know just happens to be like an ornate like carved out cave you never know and there are some statues these statues could literally look like anything as well yeah i I gotta give it a five. It's really, really oh, yeah. diverse in how it can be used. Like you can use it, it like it wouldn't surprise me for a big city like Waterdeep or something to have them 
every few blocks just chilling. And then if stuff gets real, the statues all hop down from their little pedestals and beat the crap out of whatever's doing bad things. And then they go back to their pedestals. Like, I, very useful and can be put anywhere kind of as a murder hobo deterrent or just that much more of a challenge in a heist. It You can do so much with them. The, that terrain's really good. I gotta yeah, give it a five. Just the fact these things can be anywhere, no matter what, automatic five. I, I, I'd be terrified because you could be like, just like in a town or like a desert or even the Underdark or or any planes necessarily. It's just as long as there's like a metallic statue that looks kind of scary, and then all of a sudden it's go burp, you're done. It doesn't even have to be metallic. Oh, These yeah, are stone that's right. ones. Mm-hmm. Balls don't. No, there are different types of golems. Yeah. There's a really nasty one called a flesh oh. golem. <laughs> it's pretty gross. There's wood, there's metal, and... oh, Well, metal ones are basically war forges, yeah. but we don't talk about those. I mean, ultimately, they're all, it's all based on a Jewish folklore thing of a being that is created to protect. Mm-hmm. And... There's many different folk stories where it's made out of many different things. Uh, most often it's actually made out of clay. Yes. In stories, but... Uh, and I mean, technically speaking, Captain America is a girl. <laughs> yes. Love it. He is a mystical creature being made through uh, secret practices, made to pr- made by Jewish people. To protect Jewish people. Ultimately, Captain America oh, yeah. is a golem. <laughs> Fits all of the markers in uh, in terms of the folklore. So, hmm. interesting. So, uh, but yeah, they're useful as heck in terms of putting them places. It's their terrain is yes, so it's a five. <laughs> And what you said you get a what a, what would you give if dice words are hard? That's all good. I would say a five. Okay, all right. So, moving on to I'm gonna try to spook y'all. Is that all right? Picture in your minds, your adventurers have been sent out to even just scout a cave at the mouth of the cave stands a large statue it's holding a stone spear or glaive in its hand and it stands proud just like the uh, statues of egypt kind of you know in your mind and it's solemn sturdy face it's got beautiful gems in there as well just to give you a cute little wink or two as it glistens in the sun. You head in, and then suddenly behind you, a shadow looms over. And you hear, some, some, some. You turn around. The statue suddenly has moved. And from there... 
uh, you realize this is the moment that you've done this stuff. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly weeping angel, but not uh, too fast. I'd, I'd give it a four. Oh, yeah. It's pretty scary. Definitely four over here. Okay. Okay. So, moving on to the next thing, its creature feature. With this, it has a wonderful ability that I think is pretty interesting. It's able to slow you down. Like, physically slow you down in terms of your movement. The golem targets one or more creatures it can see within a 10-foot range. Each target must make a DC 17 wisdom saving throw against this magic. On a failed save, the tar a target can't use its reactions. Its speed is halved, and it can't make more than one attack on its oh. turn. In addition, oh the target can take either an action or a bonus action on its turn, not both. These effects last for one minute. So, one minute usually, uh, each round is about a total of 10 seconds. So, that's going to be six rounds. Oh. I thought, no, a uh, round is six seconds. No, well then, it, it's, it's ten, rounds. ten rounds. Yeah. So, a target can repeat the same throw at the end of each of its turns, ending the effect on itself for on a success. So, they have a chance to get out of it, but ultimately, like, that takes your action. A saving throw, I think. Uh, I mean, it kind of depends. No, because, like, they're saying it's, okay, I'll, they can take their action and then do a like, saving throw. Yeah, because there's, there's some that say, like, you can, that's all you get to do. There's some that say, like, you get to make the throw on the beginning of your turn, and then you can act out the turn as you would. Mm -hmm. So it kind of depends on the effect. So I think if it yeah, repeats saving throw at the end of each of its turns, so like, yeah, it's once you take your action or your bonus action, then you can make the saving throw. And then the next turn resolves whatever happens with the saving throw. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, I think that's something that's very interesting. You can't basically do much of anything. You can move still. Yeah, it's... That definitely uh, throws you off in how to operate. But you can't use a reaction. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, that's a really interesting one. I, I gotta give that one oh, a five. Yeah. That's that's new and cool. That is probably... We, we've got a lot of unique things going on, but I would say that is a set that I would not expect from this kind of monster. So, five to me. Okay. Yeah, this this uh, this episode has a bunch of neat and interesting things that we haven't seen yeah. before. Mm. So yeah. So the math gods are doing some calculations real quick because they failed to keep up with us. <laughs> okay. 
overall, it looks to be a, a 19 hey. for its score. All right, the only one that didn't quite make it to 20, but it, oh, it yeah. did well. <laughs> I imagine Jack's going to go first because Zorn has a higher dex. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think mine's the only thing that has dex, much. even remotely. Well, yep. <laughs> that's all well and good, but let's see how they fare in the arena. Hi, everyone. Jack Blythe here. I'm willing to bet that scoring your D&D campaign is difficult. Getting it to meet the feeling of your world, the vibe of your party, it can be a nightmare. If only there was a way to get it all custom made. Surprise! OBP Musical Commissions is here to save your butt on that front. Whether you're the DM who wants to show off and have a campaign theme song, the bard who wants an awesome underscore for your spells, or you want to have songs sung of your party's greatness, OBP has you covered, and we have you covered as well. If you use code LONGEARS at checkout, you'll get 15% off your commission, so why not have a voice from a real musical sing your praises? obpmusical.com slash commission and use discount code LONGEARS. That's L-O-N-G-E-A-R-S for 15% off. The arena opens. An abandoned mine. The Zorn line up trying to figure out the best way to attack. When the purple worm makes itself known to the Zorn, the beating commences. They surround it and pummel it until there's very little else it can do. The golems do enter into the fray, getting a little bit whack-a-mold with the uh, Zorn popping in and out of their ability to hit them. And then just not being quite fast enough to actually hit the Zorn. But that is when the purple worm swallows a golem and then swallows a Zorn. Just before the Zorn starts taking any acid damage from the stomach, the golem frees them both by beating the crap out of the inside of the stomach and making the worm throw up both the Zorn and the golem. The beating then recommences as they pulp the worm, pummeling it from below and above and the sides until it is dead. Once that is finished, the golems, still enraged at the Zorn, and the Zorn, knowing this, continue to whack-a-mole until the golems are reduced to nothing but rubble. And thus, the Zorn emerge victorious in this episode of Monster Mash. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I am Jack Blythe. You can find me at Witchcraft and D20s on Instagram, Jack Joshua Blythe on TikTok, and the same on X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Where can they find you, Dice? Hello, everybody. My name is Dice and Autism. I tell stories on the internet. You guys can find me at all places at Dice and Autism. And uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Be Witch Gamer, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook, Discord, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, you na- you can think of it. You probably ha- have it other than TikTok. Um, I'm still kind of getting onto that train very slowly. But uh, I, I do tarot card readings and also consider the producer of the Long Ear Productions here. But with uh, wow, words back that up a little bit well executive producer yeah i think is the technical term 
I'd have to look into it so that you have an accurate thing to put on your resume. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was backed up real quick. You can find me on Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, anything you can possibly think of. I probably have it. And I'm happy to talk to you. My DMs are always open. And I, I, I love reaching out to people and connecting to them. So I am going to be like probably the main person you reach out to if you want to inquire things for us or or you, you could you know reach out to jack through twitter and dice who is everywhere basically yeah <laughs> so we'll see you guys in the next episode here on monster mash please subscribe to the patreon and uh tell everyone you know who you think might want to listen to this show the more you're here the better we do not pay to advertise this show at all it is all word of mouth and our hard work so thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.